0: Hi, Creepsters. This is Barry Marino. I'm here to talk about the creepiest TV show that ever existed. You guys love that TV show Tales from the Crypt? (laughs) What kind of creepster would you be if you didn't? Well, have I got a podcast for you. It's called the Good Evening Kitties Podcast. They review every Tales from the Crypt episode and movie with bonus horror movie reviews for fun, including that 1972 Tales from the Crypt movie from Hammer Films. You remember that one where Joan Collins is being stalked by that maniac in the Santa suit and she can't call the cops because she just offed her husband? (laughs) Y'all ever wonder if that was Linda Evans behind that mask, behind that Santa mask? (laughs) The Good Evening Kitties podcast you can follow on Twitter at... GEK Podcast and find episodes on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and more Scary Ghost, Creepy Serial Killers. All things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. (laughs) Hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And welcome to another episode of open shutters a creepy podcast uh michael unfortunately wasn't able to be with us today but we'll be looking forward to seeing him again hopefully next week huh hopefully all right so well this week uh this is our last show of 2021 Yo, and it's also the uh, season five that is, is it season five or season six we're in now? I keep on. I can't. I get
1: confused.
0: I can't on confuse. The let me look it up and see. We are in season five. This is our season five finale, and it's all it, it, and it's uh, you know like I said the last of twenty twenty one, and we have we, we saved one of the best vampire things for last. Yeah, it
1: ends our vampires delight.
0: Yes, yes which we today we uh, we're talking about the dark shadows phenomenon. Yes. We're going to discuss everything Dark Shadows in the second half of our show, from the groundbreaking 1960s daytime soap opera to the ill fated and ill conceived Johnny Depp 2012 feature film. And we talk about everything that happened in between, including the feature films that came directly from the soap opera. The two movies that were made during the run of the soap opera, the 1991 reboot, and then there was an attempted reboot in 2004. We're going to kind of touch on a little bit too. But uh, first, what we're going to talk about. What's going on with you, Philip?
1: Oh, I've made it back here. To how below was your... sea level. I've come down from the mountain. I spent the holidays in Colorado. Oh. I was in. Um, how was your Christmas? I was in Montrose and Telluride. I was in Telluride for Christmas.
0: And now every time I hear tell you ride, I think of those Kia automobiles. It will.
1: wait a minute though. I know you think it's, a, but it is really an interesting place. And actually it's this little small town and it's like, uh, these couple of streets go kind of long and it's in this valley, mountain valley. And I remember one night we were on the gondola and, uh, coming down and you see these little twinkling lights in this little small town in a valley as you are going. Down, cause we were actually staying in Mountain Village, which was, which was another little town area, but that was a little more like a resort. Telluride is the actual old mining town. Uh. So, uh, so uh, but it's all it's all considered Telluride overall, the whole thing. Um, but one of the things was is the gondola. One night it was kind of like kind of snowy and misty and dark, and there's a point on the gondola where you're going through the dark forests and the only light that is being picked up is on the snow lightly from like moonlight and starlight uh. so it was really kind of mystical and creepy and i'm just like i felt i felt like the old spirits were out there in
0: the woods you know Ooh. Oh, it was very, very well, that sounds very, very creepy. That sounds perfect for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: we did one night. We actually even saw some elk actually go running underneath the gondola. So that was elk or, ran, or deer, whatever. We were running underneath some deer. It was really, it was... Oh, yeah. That was, that was, kind, of, that was kind of magical, too. I think I
0: told you about the time they hit the gondola at the 1984 World's Fair. Okay. And it stayed. <laughs> After the fair left, they kept the gondola open. And like on the other side, you, you wanted to cross the river, and then on the other side of the river, there was a little, a little fair thing. You know, it was mostly like little booths with food and stuff like that. So a friend of mine came to visit for Mardi Gras that year. It would have been 1985, the year after the, you know, the World's Fair. We got on the gondola and it stopped in, right in the middle of the river. We were hanging over the river. For something like 45 minutes. Oh, shit. And it felt like a lifetime. And I didn't know what was happening. Mm-mm. We didn't have cell phones back then where we could call somebody and find Mm-mm. out what was going on. Mm-mm. We had to just sit there and, and, and think of whether we were going to die or not. So we finally go to the other side of the river. And the only, you couldn't get a cab or anything. So we had to take that damn thing back after that. But somebody somewhere else, I forget who it is, bought the gondola. About a year later, and they dismantled it and brought it. They wound up closing it anyway because it was always breaking.
1: Well, luckily, um, these ski ones up in Telluride are well-maintained. Yeah. Okay? So let, I don't like,
0: think they were taking very good care of it. No, no,
1: these, these, no. These in Telluride are very well-maintained um, things. This is this, is most, this is one of the most important forms of transportation uh, because it actually takes a lot longer to go from Mountain Village to get all the way down to Telluride. Because you got to go all the way around. It takes a lot longer by vehicle than if you just took the gondola. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, that, that makes sense.
1: So it is. it does make a lot more sense. Luckily, though, I didn't make it home overall. Because with all this airline madness, we really lucked out. Yeah. We made. made.
0: We made, We were slight little delays on our flights. But we didn't get any cancellations. Between issue. all the COVID stuff that's still going on at the end of 2021. And we're still dealing with it. And all the, 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 uh, the staff shortages and everything. I'm sure that that's like an airline travel, a nightmare these days. What are your plans for New Year's Eve? Probably or just my little
1: happy ass at
0: home <laughs> with my cat and my man. Well, we are only open at the store where I work until, until 6. So it's most sense for me to go to work at 5 and get off at 6, does it? So, so Will's going to work the whole day. But I decided I'm gonna, I need some money so I'm probably going to drive Lyft. There you go. You know and and makes and make a little money There's tomorrow. people. There's people oh, in the city everywhere. They're all over the place. We got the Sugar Bowl happening. They're expecting we the hotels the might game. end up at
1: 100% capacity. And it's definitely going to be over 90 something percent. That's it's
0: it's yeah, it's going to be pretty wild. I should make enough money in just a couple of hours. Well, what did you do for your your Christmas holiday? Well, okay, well, you know, Lance's birthday is Christmas Eve. Right, right, it's, yeah. So, but the day before on the 23rd, we went back on the city of New Orleans boat where we went for my birthday. Oh, yeah, went again. And it was a little different this time because it was cold. And it's funny because that was the last cold day we had, and then 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 it got hot. And Christmas Day was 80 degrees. But the day before Christmas Eve, and, yeah, and the store was closed on Christmas. Uh, the store was, uh, the store did on Christmas Eve, like we do doing for New Year's Eve. We only open till 6. So, we got, I'll let Will have that shift. And we were closed on Christmas. Okay. So, I had, like, for the first time in a long time, I had, like, three days off from that, from my job. I'm supposed to be working part-time, and I really feel like I'm working full-time. The only difference you is... You are working quite a bit. I though. really am. I'm working full-time. And, uh... But it's uh, but I, I mean, I need the money. I got car notes and credit cards and all kinds of nonsense. So I'm not really complaining. But I do have a cap on how much you can make starting. So, in- are you
1: telling the listeners you need somebody reliable to come also work there so that you don't have to
0: work? Well, I'll, but all we really need is a full time, is a part timer that can work maybe one, like one maybe two days a week and be there in case somebody gets sick. And you know, I was sick with that stomach thing for like two weeks. So if you're out there
1: and you have an affinity for understanding the porn industry and it can sell a vibrator to anyone, you might consider going apply there. There
0: are customers at the store that listen to us. <laughs> you might but consider going apply there. I had that, um, that, that illness and I wound up going to, and just like last year, I went to the ER. They couldn't find anything wrong with me. They said it was probably some kind of bug. I still, this is still tripping me out about what's going on with you. I asked him about that sludge with the uh, with the, the gallbladder. He said, I, he said if I had that, it wouldn't go away. It doesn't. So, it couldn't be that.
1: But I don't know if you could be having a precursor zone and eventually it does end up being
0: that. Well, it could. I mean, it happened around the same time. Because this is
1: how it happened for me is, is I, had, I had intermittently where I would have, these bouts of whatever, and then it got to a point where it never went away.
0: It well, stayed all the time. It's it extremely went, painful. And then, and then, as fast as it came, it went away. I, I stayed on soup and yogurt. I don't. I'm not taking any NSAIDs now because I don't want to um, rile it up. Oh God! No. I, I stayed on soup and you yogurt. You realize the
1: mistake you made, right? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Well, I, yeah. I Real. I stayed on uh, soup and yogurt until. The day of the cruise, because I I wanted yeah. to eat the the, the, the really, shrimp and pasta yeah. and the, and and I wanted really? to eat the, the green beans are really awesome and the and the potatoes I wanted I wanted to eat the food so and then for Christmas we had turkey we had lasagna we had baked macaroni which is the only thing we still have left over we have people with very hearty appetites that live in this house and our Christmas and and holiday leftovers never last. But we have um, we, we we don't have any more lasagna or potato salad from Rocky and Carlos, and baked macaroni, and I'm gonna tell you that 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 lasagna from from Rocky and Carlos is pretty awesome. I guess the Italian people know how to make lasagna, and um, and we enjoyed that. It was really good. And then I got a new pair of slippers. I got a new wallet. I got I got a massage pillow. I was wondering when the day I was going to come to be the old man that gets a massage pillow for Christmas. (laughs) And it's here. It is definitely here. I only
1: bought myself more jewelry. That's what I did. I bought myself more jewelry while I was on my trip.
0: Well, I bought myself a bottle of Calvin Klein's Escape for Men, which is one of my favorite colognes. I have not worn cologne in a long time. I don't know what made me. I I think it was the expense. But as long as I was buying presents for everybody else, cologne makes you feel good, though it does. Yeah, it feels good to nice. It feels really good to smell nice. I
1: mean, it's it's one thing you can. I mean, you should always take a shower, put deodorant on, da da da. But well, no, I I do all that too. But there's something when you put cologne on, it just makes you feel
0: better. It makes you and feel... and people treat you better when you smell good. Exactly, they treat you differently if you if you smell like a pole cat. They like, like for example. On, um, I've known some people have drive Uber and Lyft, and they have some hygiene problems, and they always get in one stars and everything like that. And me, I the only time I get a one star is if I say the wrong thing to somebody, or I f- refuse to turn the heater on in August. That gets me a one star. But it, it's uh,
1: I, I. I would I, gladly own that one star because a heater in August in Louisiana—that's just dumb.
0: Oh yeah, well I told you this girl. I remember the story you told me. Yeah, yeah. she says I turn the heater on. It was August, and it was nighttime, but it was it was still like a hundred degrees heat index out there. And I said I don't turn the heat on. She goes, Oh, I thought I was the passenger, like she's the boss or something. I said, Look, I'm the one who pays for this car. I have a term. I pay for the her. note on this car.
1: I have a term for her, but I'm not going to say it. it's far worse than that bitch. It's worse than caring. It has a similar phonetics at the beginning. Oh! <laughs> I mean, come on! I mean, I don't. I reserve that for people because I mean, she—that is so ridiculous. And she point.
0: reported me and, and gave me a one star and said I wouldn't do what she wanted me to do. I wouldn't give her the service she requested. I'll
1: just be nice. And I called, I'll be polite I'll and say call. I I called
0: Uber and I said, "I said, you know, this is um, this is really a, an unreasonable request." Yeah, we I know it is. We agree, but we can't we can't change ratings. Hm. I said so I gotta wait five hundred rides for that rating to fall off. Yeah. I'll just call it how that be And you wonder why I don't want to ride share full time Uh yeah, and so that that was really you had a really nice holiday. Good. And I was always glad to get away from work for a little while. But you get to be older like me, you really and truly don't need to be working like that. No. So so let's
1: now talk about what we've been watching. I no. hadn't, I hadn't watched a whole lot. I've only been watching whatever I got because I haven't just since I've been back. I made it back on, was it late Monday? There was one thing So I've had... only, wait, like, so we've only, like, it's Thursday? I've I, It hasn't been that well, long. Well, you, you go first. So it hasn't been that long. So I've only I caught up. I finally watched the Dragula season grand finale for season four. It was spectacular. All the floor shows were spectacular. And I'll just say I was very happy with the result. But I'm not going to say who won. But I was very happy. Uh, The other thing I watched, which I actually watched today, is on Paramount+. Plus. They got a new movie. And what's it called? It's a Reno 911 movie. Oh! The Hunt for QAnon! And the same cast? Yes! And yes. the
0: lady that played Beverly Goldberg.
1: Oh my god! I don't, I, and Niecy Nash. I, I don't want to spoil, but oh my god! I might
0: watch that tonight after we finish recording.
1: Deputy Johnson. That's the one that's uh, the the one that you're thinking Beverly Goldberg did. Yeah. Her part on there is a mess. Uh, the oh, okay, I really don't want to spoil. It. The only thing I'm gonna give on it is is they go on this booze cruise to hunt for. Q of QAnon.
0: And then the most inapt cops.
1: <laughs> on a booze cruise, okay? Oh. If that doesn't make you laugh enough just by hearing that go, please go
0: watch this on Paramount Plus. You will die from just how ridiculous. Well there was one thing I wanted to mention that I forgot to tell you to put down. It's uh, by the guy uh, that, that that produced uh Superstore. It's called American Auto. Oh, you told me about I this. I was telling you about, about this. I've got it down here. Yeah. And uh, what's the guy, what's her name, Lynn? The, the, the woman? She's a, she's a stand-up comedian. Anna you know what I'm sire? talking about, huh? Was it Anna Gasire?
1: Anna Gasire.
0: She plays this woman who was in some totally unrelated business and they hire her as a CFO of this oh, auto company. Oh my
1: god. And then
0: <laughs> she and they and they they just The first episode, they're trying to build this new car, and good lord. I have to go watch this. But the second episode, I'm just going to kind of touch on the plot of it. They find out that a serial killer is using one of their automobiles to commit his crimes. Wow. (laughs) And every PR fuck-up that could possibly happen, happens. And Anna is just awesome in it. So, there were some other things I've Yeah,
1: to you do. were watching some other stuff. Uh, yeah. Because I hadn't been watching too oh, much. Oh, I
0: started watching Chicago PD because I was watching an episode of uh, S-Y-U, uh, SVU, Law uh, and S-V-U, uh, SVU, and it was continued on, on Chicago PD. Oh, okay. Okay, why is this thing here? There's something on my computer screen I don't like. Go away. Yeah, it's gone now. And so uh also um I was watching uh, oh, okay, this is a this is on Netflix. It's a documentary called Bathtubs over Broadway, and it's the man he was a, he was a head writer for David Leatherman, and he was a comedy writer for David mm. Leatherman, and he, somehow or another he got involved with industrial musical numbers. You know what that is when they have these big conventions. And they have these broad, big, overblown Broadway musical numbers that revolve around a certain product.
1: Oh, you freaking
0: serious? Yeah.
1: Oh my God. Like there's one of
0: them from 1959, and they all dancing around one of those big ass Oldsmobiles. And then there's no, razor unreal. blades, and they got him dressed like razor blades, tap dancing, and everything. And he collects the—I have to go watch. He this. collects the albums from there, and he collects some some films. So it was he's pretty. Actually it was some, pretty bizarre. He actually got it? some sixteen millimeter film of it, and oh he talked God. to some of the entertainers. So they, you know, because there's, so there's some that are still alive. These things went on from the nineteen. 40s actually right after the war but mainly 1950s all mm. the way to you know like when the internet came about wow and it is just it's bizarre <laughs> it is like nothing you you didn't know even know this existed <clears throat> you're wondering what the hell what what are they thinking those are probably the things that are happening in the Ernest Morial convention center <laughs> I mean, they're they're, they're splashing, Where? and they say that some of these, some of these numbers, some and some of these shows cost more than a Broadway play, and they only perform them like one week, and that's it. Are you serious? And it's like, they, and and you know, they kind of go into a vault. And he he runs all around the country collecting these LPs, you know, these these final record albums, and these sixteen millimeter <laughs> uh, films. Oh gosh. I know I should be laughing because I think these people
1: put a lot of work into this but it sounds so hilarious
0: and he just loves it he's, he, his wife says he. I don't a, blame him it's obsessed with it. he's got his whole house full of all these things and it's really it's it's like I don't know I don't know it, it's you never I, you, you, you have no idea this exists. God, we don't know what's existed somewhere that we know nothing about. At least this isn't anything like snuff porn. <laughs> anything, it's uh, actually something fun. But, okay, oh, we God. went from
1: bantam over to snuff porn. Okay, well, okay. anyhow, what...
0: Oh, and, uh, there's a, the uh, Sandra Bullock movie on Netflix called The Unforgivable. Everyone's
1: talking about it. I, it I is, shouldn't have had a chance to Sandra watch it. Sandra
0: Bullock is... It actually was released theatrically like for I think maybe for a couple of days so there'd be some Oscar consideration. And Sandra plays a woman that went to prison for murder of a police officer. Oh and I did see the I did see the trailer yeah, for and, it. And and uh, she gets out and people just treat her like shit and they treat her terribly. But there's a big old giant twist at the end.
1: No, don't tell me I want to go see uh, it. Watch it, yeah, watch it. Look Sandra, the people, Lur- and the people that Sandra
0: Bullock is as awesome as wonderful as, as usual. Like she is in just about everything she does, she's really good in this. All right, so where are we at now? We on the Obits? You got some Obits? You got some Obits? All right, we're gonna start first with um, John Madden, the football fame uh, Hall of Fame coach, broadcasting icon, and video game hero. Uh, he. Uh, He died on, uh, I guess it's a Tuesday morning. That must be, when's the date of this article? Was that like the other day? At the age of 85. And he gained fame, uh, a decade-long stint as coach of the renegade Oakland Raiders. And he made seven AFC title games, winning the Super Bowl following the 76 season, the 1976 season. And he also was, uh, was a sportscaster, and later in his life, he became like the host of those he, he started those football like Xbox and it was and, huge and PlayStation my, bro- games. my
1: brother was all about it like yeah no I actually remember playing with some of my cousins I was a huge football person but my cousins and my my brother he had the, he, they wanted to have the game and so sometimes we would play you know
0: yeah and you know he brought together two different a certain different type of kids. Like the sports jock type, and then the, the computer nerd type, and this was something that they could do together. Right. So and also, it,
1: generationally, he brought the parents who thought the games were pretty cool. And a lot of times, I think my dad even got in on playing the Madden. Sometimes. my brother yeah. used to
0: have all the Madden games.
1: He used to play with my brother, uh, uh, and, so, and that, so that was kind of cool. Where I think it brought the parents to the to the video game console back in the day. You know, where the yeah. parents weren't always doing it. It was good. It was a good way for the the. the leak for parents to bond with the kids. So Yes. Yeah,
0: so, so, okay, our next obit, rest in peace, John Madden at the age of 85. Our next one is a politician, a former senator-majority leader, Harry Reid, died at 82. And he was, uh, he was the, one of the top-rating Democratic senator, senatorial leaders, following a four-year battle with pancreatic cancer. Good Lord, that's terrible. Um, Mm. He was a very influential politician, Senator Majority Leader from 2007 to 2015. He served in Congress for more than three decades. And both President Biden and former President Obama said that he was a great uh, uh, Senate leader. And in his years of service, he played the key role in passing the Affordable Care Act, uh, advocated land uh, conservation, conversation, and in financial regulation after the Great Recession. And he also led the Senate to eliminate the 60-vote majority, needed to vote on most presidential nominees. And uh, different people like uh, Laura Reed, uh, he, his wife said in a statement that her husband of 62 years died peacefully surrounded by family. He was a doubt, devout family man and loyal friend, she said. Uh, he was born in an impo- in poverty in, Nevada, in, the, in a Nevada town in 1939, and he grew up with little means, and he became an amateur boxer in high school. Wow. He didn't look like a boxer, did he? Oh, he, and, they showed some images of the, And the, He, he gra- graduated from Utah State University before he became a lawyer, but produced a law degree, and they worked as a Capitol Police officer at night to help pay the bills. So after law school, he worked as city attorney, turned to state politics, and successfully ran for the Office of the Nevada Assembly. We positions him later for Congress. And it was in 2018 he went under underwood surgery for pancreatic cancer. And just last summer, he was declared cancer-free. And obviously, it came back. So yes, rest in peace, here. Harry Reid. Rest in peace. said uh, 82 years old. Okay, so our next one is... Oh, wait a minute. I don't have him yet. oh You guys give me a minute. I kind of lost this so pit. Oh. <laughs> oh, how awful that is. Okay, here he is. Okay. Our next one is, uh, is um... Desmond Tutu. The spiritual leader. And he, um... Oh, where is this? This isn't the right one. I'm trying to find something a little bit more about him.
1: Well, I'll just say what you're looking at he always seemed like one of the one of the kindest, sweetest people, like really like genuinely seemed like. Yeah, and he was always
0: truthful in the face of oppression. He was um he was disliked by some people who were actually, um uh assholes. Uh, He died of... I have to really apologize to everybody right now. I did not prepare this obit like I should have. And I'm trying to... I'm scrambling to find an article on him or something. I know what I'll do. I know exactly what I'll do. I'm going to do good old Wikipedia. (laughs) And he is giving me a dirty look. Who? No, no. You. What <laughs> <wrong with that? laughs> All right. So he, i um, talk a little bit more about his death. Uh, he testified on behalf of the captured cell of Omikito um, Wee-Sweezy, and armed, a parathyroid group linked to the band after the National Congress. He won the Nobel Peace Prize. He became a bishop of, of Johannesburg. And he was really big in fighting uh, the apartheid in in South okay. Africa.
1: Yeah, he wants with Mandela with that. He you know. he
0: he did. No, and Mrs. Mandela too. And Mrs. Mandela, yep. And um, Pope Francis lamented his death and praised Tutu for promoting uh, promoting racial equality and reconciliation in his native South Africa. Uh, we uh, so he's. This is the most. Cr- Screwed up a like I have ever done, and I apologize to Desmond Tutu. Oh, he was uh
1: You know what though? He seemed like he had a good sense of humor. He'd actually make fun <laughs> of you in a very sweet
0: way. So he was ninety years old. All righty. So rest in peace, Desmond Tutu. Yeah, Hopefully, I do better Desmond. with the next one. Who's the next one? Um, oh yeah, I got her. I'm sorry. I, I was. I, I had a few of them and I forgot one. This is our Sally and Howells the star of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with Dick Van Dyke, which was actually meant to be, like, the next Mary Poppins. And it didn't quite happen that way, did it? I think by that time the musical was starting again. But she has another connection with Julie Andrews, that, besides Dick Van Dyke, who's in Mary Poppins, playing along with her in, in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, she also took over My Fair Lady, on Broadway for Julie Andrews. She was a child actor who rose to fame in the cult film Chee-Chee-Bang-Bang. She died in her sleep on Sunday. She was 91. Uh, uh, Death was confirmed Monday on Twitter by her nephew Toby Howells, who responded to a friend's post about Howells' passing. with, I can also confirm the passing of my loving Aunt Sally Ann Howells, who died peacefully in her sleep yesterday. And she was a child star who went on to be an adult. She um, she was born in London in nineteen thirty. She yeah, she's 1930. And uh, two, her first uh, she began her acting debut at the age of twelve in the nineteen forty three film Th- uh, Thursday's Child. In fifty eight, she made her Broadway debut by. Replacing Julie Andrews as Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady. And then she, um, it's a role that earned how with the attention of Albert Cubby Broccoli, the man who brought Chitty Chitty Bang Bang to the big screen. Because Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was a children's book. She survived by one son, and her last appearance was in the 1991 limited series, Secrets. So rest in peace, Sally Ann Howe. Okay, now this one's kind of fun. I have got to say, Philip found this. Yes. And uh, we decided we just had to cover it. We're
1: always looking for intriguing, entertaining people it in the past. It is
0: just... Okay. <laughs> we found a character. Her name was... Um, well, she's Maresca. Um, Mareska. The beauty queen and mob wife who shot her husband's killer in cold blood. And while she was in prison for avenging her husband in broad daylight, she transformed into sort of a godmother. By the time she was released, she became a full-fledged criminal queen. Yes. (laughs) I love it. And most boo (laughs) She assassinated him. She was a daughter of the mob. Uh, She was born... Assunta Mascata, and she a, was a, a beauty who was sure to always be a firecracker, in 1935 to a fearsome Italian family in the town of Castellamare di Sabida near Naples.
1: <laughs> oh, it's near Naples. Near That's Naples, enough stand, right? yeah. As long as. Napoli. Hot,
0: and this this town has also been a hotbed of the Neapolitan Camara criminal organization. Yes! Uh, or the Italian mafia, which still runs the streets of Naples today. And she was she was a beauty queen, and her family was called the Lightning Quick, and Lampetelli, for their lightning quick knife skills. <laughs> I know. Yes, uh, you might have been related to her. I don't. I, I don't know. This is Esther Pepitone all over again, <laughs> The young uh, Maresca wasn't an exception. She was once even accused of drawing a knife on a classmate as a young girl. Right, yes, ma'am! didn't keep her from dwelling in the spotlight. And at 19, she won a local beauty pageant and caught the attention of the man who would seal her fate, Pascal Cimarette known as Big Pascal from from Nola. That's a town named, named Nola in the <laughs> He was a big old hulky man, and... Uh, he fixed the prices of the fruit and vegetables in the local market. It's just it's <laughs> like, oh God, just this is even worse than
1: The Sopranos. <laughs> they need to make a movie out of this woman, okay?
0: This uh, woman, a woman. Lady Gaga's got to play this woman. She deserves a biopic. Yes. And he wasn't a bigwig like her, like like her father, but he was a match made in heaven, and he went to jail. A, a brief time. He, he want, they wanted to get married, but once he got out, the Camarisa wed the, the mob princess, and the wedding was a big, splashy celebration. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't it be a big, splashy celebration? Yes. But alas, a couple's happiness didn't last. Well, what happened? I'm, I, 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 I'm sit waiting with baby breath to see what happens. <sighs> so, oh, yeah, that's right. He gets murdered. So soon after the wedding, she became pregnant. But some of Letty's professional troubles came back to haunt him as the mob businesses want to do. And Mascara would later recall to the court that her husband was mockingly called the president of Potato <laughs> Prices. <laughs> <laughs> This, oh, is, good. this is too oh, unreal. God. I also need to be like, oh, how can we not want to They need a to
1: comedy you? movie about this, like a comedy uh, drama. The yes.
0: The president of Potato Prices <laughs> and in response he angered some local thugs, including a man named Antonio Esposito, <laughs> who was also a former part. In nineteen fifty five Esposito hired a hitman hit to can't. kill him in a bing-a-bang, bing-a-boom, he was dead. <laughs> but the young widow wasn't taking this lying down she was carrying a child distraught and she handled her grief with violence according to court statements Honey. (laughs) Somebody
1: better make a movie out of this. Esposito
0: had been fun coming to threaten her as well, and she had no choice but to take her protection in her own hands. Wow. Besides, the cops were ineffectual. She enlisted her younger brother to help her take down the man who threatened to destroy her life as she did it. Now I'm waiting to see how this happened. So when Esposito showed up at at Pascal's gravesite, Maresca took vengeance in her own hands. She and her brother... Zero tracked down the man with both hands, oh, Lord, on the guns, and she fired 29 shots in broad daylight. (laughs) Oh, my God. God. And she became a a, a papita, which means little doll. I just love it. She became an immediate media sensation during her 1959 trial. And the young beauty captivated the public imagine and earned herself a moment because she was the diva of crime. She also painted a sympathetic portrayal. She was heavily pregnant when she committed the murder after all. Oh, God.
1: oh this, this has got pregnant to be made a what movie.
0: Is. Would you, would you, somebody you needs to make a movie. This. Somebody needs to make a movie out of this. Yeah, okay. anybody out there. Let's throw it at the university. Lady Please. Gaga, as this, as this woman. If This movie it would have been made like 20 like 30 years ago, I'd say Cher, but Lady yeah. Gaga's got to play place. Because Cher could have done this. And she declared that she was just getting justice for her late husband. And she probably stated she wasn't repentant claiming she had kill oh, Esposito all oh. over again. Or if they don't want to get Lady Gaga, they could get Demi Lovato. Oh, that's a good that's a good. Demi could too. do this. They could do, make her up. So and, she said, I kill her for love, but I also because they want to kill me. <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny?
1: I wouldn't even mind seeing Ariana Grande do this. Yeah.
0: She's going to play, um, and she's going to do Wicked. Oh, she is? She's going to do Wicked, and I forget who it is that's going to play Glenda. I think it's... um. No, I think Ariana Grande is playing Glinda, and in... yeah,
1: but we need this movie of Pepita. They just need to call it Pepita. This movie has to be. The name needs to just be Pepita. No, so I still Pepita. think it has
0: to be Lady Gaga. And it's uh, this but the movie, name of the
1: name of the movie Papita.
0: Let's leave it as movie. <laughs> so she even publicly stated that she would kill him all over again. I kill him for love because they <laughs> want to kill me. <laughs> And she told the court. And then for my husband coming back to life, they kill him again. I would do the same thing. So the court erupted in applause, and she became an instant celebrity as she went off to prison. So she gave birth to a boy. The boy was named Pasquinito, or little Pascal, after her late husband. And the jury ultimately didn't buy her excuse of self-defense, and wow. she received 14 years in jail. Wow. But then when she got out of jail, she became a mafia boss. I received, uh, she received a decade and a half in jail. Her, uh, pupita only served a few years. While in a slammer, she received regal treatment as a woman of honor, which meant she got the best bed sheets and her cock could even <laughs> advocate for some other principles much like God for <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
1: oh God. she was a very
0: charismatic oh. woman. She raised her son inside. A few years until her mother took him home, she raised him, her son in prison. And, however, she never stopped working for the Camarero, and indeed, the press dubbed her Bottom Camara, and a Camara Widow, Glamorous Beauty Pupita, and was even serenaded in song. And she also starred in a 60s flick loosely based on herself.
1: Wait, we gotta go find this. Oh, fuck. They needed a
0: remake of it all, but yeah. yeah, we gotta go find it. So not long after she got out of jail, she linked up with another killer, this time a man named Umberto, Umberto Amaru, Amaturo. A gun and drugs runner, and Umberto was dangerous business, so he treated her like the lady of luxury in the beginning. And the two became literal partners in crime, even having twins together. Oh, not only did they kill people, they gave birth to twins.
1: This so is So was
0: perhaps every bit as bad if not worse. You know, I
1: know we're taking a long time on this obit, but it's so entertaining, y'all. And
0: then he wrote a book called <laughs> Blood Brothers, A History of Italy's Three Mafias of Italian Culture, John Dickey wrote. Pepito's wow. consort, Umberto Amorello, was one of the most aggressive members of the NF. That's the Numa Famiglia, an offshoot of the uh, Camararo. Near Christmas eighty one he planted a bomb outside Rob's Demarful mobster Rafael Coletto's Palace <laughs> as provocation with letting him confess to being the man behind the murder of criminal psychiatrist Aldo Samara, <clears throat> whose beheaded corpse was found near Carito's place on April Fool's Day, nineteen eighty two. Okay. Wow. So she had she did have some family, some famica problems. But this marital list wasn't gonna last. In 1974, her son, Pascalito, was murdered and ambushed. And Miscata, she suspected her husband. And she said, I always thought Pascanino annoyed him. He was too much like his father. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what she says after her husband murders her son. Oh, I always knew he annoyed him. <laughs> wow. And then she says, I think that if he confessed to the murder to me, I would have killed again without hesitation. (laughs) But there was never any concrete evidence of of, uh, uh, murder that he did it. And he he emerged that he was eventually cleared of any involvement. And Mareska stayed with her man, despite rumors that he violently abused her, until 1982. That year, a violent war broke out between families of the mob. Murder was rampant, and Mascara held a very public press conference to threaten a rival (laughs) mafioso to explain. I can't, you can't, you can't, nobody can write this. Justice and I have never been afraid to friends, Mariska told, (laughs) the local media (laughs) outlets. You know, justice is always punishing me more harshly than I deserved. The other day I overheard a cabalini in my town say They've killed the one of ours. I wonder if Sophia Loren knew this woman. She's from Naples.
1: They might We're have known about one, another. one
0: of their clan. Now, Sophia learned if it would have been made 40 uh, 50 years ago, Sophia Loren would play this. Yeah. Uh, tell me, where is the justice and all that? The cops, in turn, formally accused Mariska and Amaral of the murder of a full-mentioned Dr. Samari, and while her lover escaped prison, Pepita did, she did more hard time, four years to be exact, and she was released due to insufficient, ev- they held her for four years before they died. Aside. There was insufficient evidence. So Bob Gawdry, <laughs> so she's been immortalized in several films based on her life. Perhaps the rapper most famous is the 1982 made for TV movie. Il Caso Papita Macasta, which means the house of pup, little doll Macasta, and 2013 TV Drive, Papita y Calero el Impacinete, which received criticism from anti-mob Alex Smith. Oh, wow. So.
1: We could have done a whole episode just on her.
0: Oh, Lord. Rest in
1: fabulousness. Rest in peace
0: for Oh, this is just. Oh, my God. Oh, you, know, you have given us so much entertainment. You have given uh, the how, podcast how, life. How, Oh, and how are the obits going to top this? The obits? I mean, the obits. How the horoscopes. I don't think the out
1: horoscopes out my... can, but we're going to do them anyway. All right, you know what time it is.
0: <laughs> it's, it's... it's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. He'll never be pupito, but it's <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh
1: Well, since you little vampires out there, we're, 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 this is our final episode of the Vampire's Delight, I decided to give us a nice blood wine list. Maybe it's blood, maybe it's wine in the glass. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's both. But you sure are thirsty, aren't you? Thirsty little ghoul vampires, Aries. So we're gonna we're gonna mention what kind of bloody wine you're drinking.
0: Bloody wine,
1: Aries. You're enjoying your hemoglobin
0: grenache. Hema, what's a what's a hemoglobin rena, grenache?
1: Well, hemoglobin's the part of the blood you know where the iron. It holds the iron and can hold the oxygen. Oh,
0: stuff. like a hemophiliac.
1: Yeah, and the Grenache is, the, is, the, is a red wine.
0: Oh,
1: I like red wine. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, you know, they're feeling like they need that little extra oxygen, that little extra push. They're feeling a little, little fussy, a little feisty, you know? Mm. Yeah, so we'll see how it works out for them. Taurus. Taurus, I don't know what kind of mutant weak sauce y'all got working this week, but y'all are seeming to enjoy your plasma Pinot Grigio.
0: Plasma, plasma. Pinot Grigio. Oh, I love Pinot Grigio. See, so, yeah, they're one of the. Well, but
1: they're one of the signs this week. Is choosing not to have the wine red.
0: Uh, they're choosing to have it white. Um uh, mm, mm, mm. Pinot Grigio white. Oh.
1: Gemini, you know who Gemini is, huh?
0: Yes, I know who Gemini That's is. That's our Rod. Our what our Rod's gonna do.
1: He's looking for some platelet port.
0: Now, if you would have said pork, I believe it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I didn't say. Once again, I didn't say that. Barry did. Okay. Says,
0: oh, I haven't caught up with. It. I, goes, I, I think I forgot what he said. He's way back somewhere. He hasn't caught up with it. And I'm going like, oh, well, some of them I don't know if I want you hearing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, there's so many jokes that could be made there. We're gonna. I'm not gonna touch it and just move to cancer.
0: That's your sign. My sign. Yeah. What am I doing?
1: Well, yeah, I might want to be a little wary. It says make sure that y'all are consuming. A vaccinated sherry.
0: Oh! Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, turtle soup.
1: Yeah.
0: With vaccination, with, with COVID medicine in it?
1: Well, you better make sure it's in there, because it's saying that kind of week you might run into... I don't into... know.
0: It, it, wouldn't they poison you, the digestion? Well, it looks
1: like you might be running into... Some, some... I have,
0: I'm, I'm thrice vaccinated. Is this
1: really That's out of wine glasses, or are we drinking this out of people? I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, no, no,
0: I don't you know. No, it is vampire week. It, it is vampire, vampire Everybody Talking knows.
1: about crazy ass vampires. I don't even know if this is more vampire or cannibal, but Leos have the coagulant chiante.
0: Oh my god! Just now, oh, probably I, with the fava beans. I know. Oh, so I know never to, to go with Curtis to a liver dinner. Yeah, with fava beans.
1: Wait, was Pepita Leo? We never even looked up about Miss Pepita. Oh, what she wait was? A minute, wait a minute, what was now. Hassan? I got to know what Hassan oh, you know, was. got
0: to know what
1: Hassan was. Find her birth date for me.
0: Uh, let me find her very while
1: we on the horoscope I know we are not done with miss Papita because she was so fabulous we she deserved extra time okay you don't live a life like that and not 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 get some accolade for it from the from you. She, uh, she
0: was in it. oh she was born uh January 19th
1: 1935 ooh okay so January 19th you said yeah Nineteen thirty-five. okay so she was Capricorn and she would have been in the year of the, if she was 35, she actually went with the year before for the Chinese, so she would have been the year of the, would it be the dog? Yeah, I think so. The dog, yeah. Oh. Yeah, 34. Because you said 35, so, but she go with the year So before. does that
0: go with her personality?
1: Pretty much. Mm. She definitely internalized whatever pain she oh, took it. In. She took it God. out. She took her actions out real well. That is
0: just one. Oh, God. She was very
1: self-identified. I can tell you that
0: much about her. They Definitely. How have I never heard of her before?
1: I don't even know how. I never heard of her before.
0: I'm well, sure the Italian people thing, knew her. I gotta check Spotify to see if there's any other podcasts that have covered her. I'm surprised that the girls uh, Ash and Elaine haven't covered. This. Well,
1: you look at. I'm gonna move along, but yeah, this you thing go is ahead. Just fabulous. Virgo, it looks like you're trying to consume a monoclonal antibody infused Malbec.
0: Interesting. Yeah, yeah. There's only two podcasts that have covered her. No one knows an Italian, so she's open season. We'll do a whole show on her. We do. We do. Yeah.
1: So, but yeah, those Virgos are probably trying to get the monoclonal antibodies from, Malbec, from some tall, dark, and handsome man, but it just didn't work out. Mm. So they probably had to settle for something less.
0: So what's next?
1: Libra. Oh. Not a good week for Libras. It looks like all y'all get to consume is septic Shiraz and left with a very bitter, nasty
0: taste in your mouth. I can't imagine anything septic tastes like. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to imagine anything. Oh Brown on.
1: water? <laughs> not even gray, just brown
0: water. Oh oh.
1: <laughs> like the Austin Powers. Some septic blood. I don't know what's going on. Oh like the Ugh. stuff
0: Austin Powers thought was coffee. Oh Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Barnabas would not approve of this, would he? No, Barnabas levers. would not
0: approve of this. We're going to be now he about- might approve
1: of what Scorpios are getting. Scorpios are getting Midnight Melatonin Merlot. Okay, let me explain why I put that on there. What's that next thing? I'm kind of crazy. I went to Telluride, so Mm -hmm. it was in Colorado. I went on some edible adventures, okay? Mm -hmm. And in my edible adventures, I'll stop by the Delilah Cannabis Store on, on Colorado Avenue in Telluride. And I bought a box of Midnight. Midnight is this fabulous THC CBD chocolate, and it has six jewels in the box. It's not cheap, but it was worth every penny. It was so fabulous. Okay? (laughs) So, yes, I would want to, if I was a vampire, I would love to drink the blood of someone who had both their melatonin and their midnight chocolates. Oh, Lord. So that I could have a good night rest as well once it was time for me to go to bed. See how we're thinking about that?
0: Yes, we you to... make
1: sure that when you're consuming someone, uh, they've they've drug loaded. You know, pro,
0: being proactive.
1: Exactly. Just you know, forethought. You know, mm-hmm. better than some monoclonal antibody infused that the Virgo's got. Mm-hmm. Oh
0: yeah, that's true. At least, went.
1: at least I'm getting some fabulous drugs out of mine. Some fabulous, edible adventures. Okay,
0: so who's next? Sagittarius. They're getting some O negative Pinot Noir. You giving pool up? Oil- husband of yours. Oh, negative Pinot Noir.
1: Well, unless they're looking for the universal donors everywhere they can find them. <laughs> Capricorn. just get it from the that's, servants. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <We> have, hmm. <laughs> Capricorn. That's your man. That's Lance. Actually, Capricorns have a really good week and that's why I decided to give them a really fabulous um, blood wine this week. It is a cor- Corpuscle Cabernet Sauvignon.
0: Oh, I wonder if they were serving that on the boat. They may
1: have. Cab is actually a very, cabs actually, cabs are very popular. Did you ones. know
0: that that boat? We thought that the cokes and the Dr. Peppers were free. And he, uh, Lance, said he wanted a Dr. Pepper, and I think it was, uh, I think it was Will that wanted a Coke, and he carried on his back a bill. After we paid all our money to get on there, they charged us for cokes and Dr. Peppers. Ah. So after that, everybody drank iced tea. It's supply coffee. chain
1: issues, honey. Supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. Talking about supply chain issues, let's talk about Aquarius. Oh. I don't know where that came from about that, but I'm owning it. Okay, well, probably so because they are the uh, universal. They're looking for the universal recipients. They're looking for A B positive, Sangiovese, which is an Italian wine. I wonder. Oh. I think I'm saying that right, Sangiovese. I wonder if Pepita ever had some Sangiovese. Oh, I,
0: I know she, know
1: she had some Chianti. It. I'm sure she had some. Oh, Chianti. you know she did. She probably had some Sangiovese. What too. is that?
0: That sweet Italian wine. Everybody likes so much. It's not Chianti, is it? It's a dessert wine,
1: I believe. Mm, no, Chianti's more full bodied. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, you're thinking of the white wine. What is like? Prosecco? Yeah. That's a white wine. Prosecco wine. Yeah, because you drink it chilled. Yeah. These are both red wines.
0: Prosecco, that's exactly. There's a red Prosecco, too. Yeah. They're both sweet. I like the, the, um, the, the Jewish wine, the Mogan David. That's pretty good. It's sweet though, but it's good. Yeah, that's a, um, bar oh, miss for wine. I think when I was
1: researching, Sangiovese means like the blood or the wine or the blood wine of 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 Jupiter or something or something like that. Something like that.
0: All right.
1: Yeah. Last but not least is Pisces. Y'all bitches and you know y'all some lushes and y'all know y'all gonna get crazy and y'all decided y'all don't want to be a mess this week. And get the carpet all red. So y'all decided to do a white wine as well. So y'all going to make it either a serum chardonnay or, because it's New Year's Eve, a serum champagne. Well, you drunk ass motherfuckers. Love rich. y'all. <laughs> and that that is our last weekly horoscope <laughs> of for 2021. 2021. Y'all have a happy New Year. Yeah. We'll be
0: back with, talk all about dark. Shadows. Dark Shadows. Be right back after a word from Barry Marino Craft Creations. As some of you may remember, and if you're new to our podcast, I have another business that has finally become live on the internet. It's Barry Marino's Craft Creations. I have made afghans, hats, scarves, and much more. More coming weekly. Great thing is, we sell holiday items all year round, so you don't have to wait till that special time of the year to order what you will like and enjoy. Thanks to our ROZ, it's an easy, interactive website to see what has been put on the internet. And after a long wait, finally, we got the Gentilly Lace line of candles live. We have wonderful scents for any household, or just for the season. Also, be on the lookout for our Christmas and New Year's holiday candles, and guess what? Our seasonal candles will have something a little special in them. A little out of the ordinary, but we will put charms in the candles. From king cake babies for gras to champagne flutes for New Year's. So look out for our website, barrymarinoscraftcreations.com. That's B-A-R-R-Y-M-A-R-I-N-O-C-R-A-F-T-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S. Okay, we are back, and this is what you've been waiting for. How long has everybody been waiting for this episode? I know you've been you've been pumping everybody up about it. Oh, I've had all kinds of teasers on social media, yes. uh, pictures. Everybody just salivate. Every, every uh, all the Dark Shadows groups that I belong to, I put a teaser, and they got all kinds of likes. So, guys, y'all better listen. And I wanna apologize for how long, but I'm sorry that woman is just, this is this is gonna be a long episode, I think you know so I, I i won't get mad if you guys listen to it in in parts on your on your uh I was going to try to make it a two parter, but I don't really like to do that, huh you don't like you you no, like we like, that, to keep, that, it that, real we like keep it in real time keep it right, like happen so um since we have so much to cover, we're gonna go ahead and get started. I'm gonna start with a little background on Dan Curtis, who was the producer of Dark Shadows. And he was born Daniel Meyer Checker, Check Cross. Cross, on August 12, 1927. And he always uh, he he was always, you know, he was he he was, he was a showman. He was almost like a carnival barker. And he came up with the idea of hey. Let's put golf on TV. And, like, ABC didn't want to do it. NBC didn't want to do it. But CBS said, hmm, this might be something we could try. So he says, you know, the CBS world of golf. Oh, gosh. And they offered him $50,000 uh, $50, for the rights to, the, to do the CBS world of golf. He said, and his daughter said this on the documentary. He said, "His, his mother, her mother was sitting there, his wife's sitting there and she's like yeah 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 cuz neither one of them had worked for a while he, and they they had quit, he had quit his job to try and focus on producing and he's uh she's ready from to take it he goes no I won't do it for less than 150,000 and she's like you stupid asshole you son of a bitch what are you doing and they said okay he said, that was a gamble that paid off. <laughs> so we got Dan Curtis to thank us, to thank for those boring Saturday afternoons with golf on TV. <laughs> but that's okay. He made up for it tenfold with his, big, with his next big project. Okay. It turned out that one night he had this dream that there was a girl on on a, uh, on a train, going to a big house to become governess for this, like, problem child, for this wealthy family. He said, in the end of the dream, she was sitting at the, she, she had her luggage and she was standing at the train, at this little train station, waiting for someone to pick her up. Mm. So he wakes up in the morning and he tells his wife, Norma, about this. She goes, you know, that sounds like that would be a good movie or TV show. He says, why don't, she says, why don't you pitch that idea to some people? So he went around pitching it. He really wanted a nighttime, a nighttime TV series. Yeah. And back then, they weren't doing a lot of horror TV series, really, anywhere, a gothic TV series. With, I mean, well, they had The Twilight Zone and The Outer Limits and Alfred Hitchcock Presents, but those were anthology shows. And, and The comedies. TV. And the comedies, like The Munsters and The Addams Family. But he. But and, not a soap. No, not a, a soap. So, ABC expressed interest, but they wanted to do it as a daytime soap because CBS had the, the, they had As the World Turns Go, Search for the Morrow, Secret Storm, all these soaps. And NBC had Days of Our Lives and The Doctors in Another World. And uh, this ABC, which is ironic since they became one of the top soap networks back in the, <laughs> right? the 80s, they only had, I think they only had General Hospital and that was it. So they said, well, we need a soap opera to follow General Hospital. He says, well, I don't want to do a daytime soap. They said, well, that's all we give you. We're going to give you 13 weeks. So he says, oh, okay. So he starts developing the show. The girl on the train turned out to be Victoria Winters, who for about the first three years of the series was the female lead. And he wanted a, 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 a glamorous Hollywood star. Because you see, you had Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. He went like a Joan Crawford, Joan Fontaine, yeah. Olivia de Havilland type of uh, actress. And um, it turned out all he could really get was actress named Joan Bennett. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to do a little background on Joan Bennett now. She. She was born Joan Geraldine Bennett, February 27, 1910, to American stage, film, and television family. Her oldest sister, uh, in, in, by the 1930s, and she was a blonde. And by the 1930s, the whole family were blondes. Her, her, uh, she had a small movie career. Her, dog, her sisters were Constance Bennett and Barbara Bennett. Now, Barbara Bennett was married to a singer named Morton Downey. And you know who her son wound up becoming? Morton Downey Jr., that tabloid. Uh, so Joan Bennett's uh, nephew is Morton Downey Jr., that really? tabloid, obnoxious talk mm-hmm. show host. Mm-hmm. So Joan had a... Mm, in the 30s, she was a young, blonde ingenue. But there were blonde, young, blonde ingenues everywhere at that time. And uh, she didn't... Um, Her career was okay, but... Finally, she made a movie called Manhunt. And... uh, Which was sort of a... um, Film noir type of thing. And she plays a woman that's accused of murder. And to disguise herself, she goes from a blonde to a brunette. But when she became a brunette, they noticed she looked like Hedy Lamar, Mm -hmm. Only she didn't have an accent nobody could understand. So this was really... This just bumped her career up, and she was a pretty thing. She was pretty as a blonde, but as a brunette, she was dropped in Hollywood Gorgeous. So she left her hair dark. She even wore a wig for it, and she went and dyed her hair dark.
1: Which, which is very interesting when you bring that up, because when you look at classic Hollywood, it's funny because the blondes don't always show as well on screen when it was black and white, whereas when you, somebody was a brunette, it was the contrast.
0: Like Elizabeth Taylor.
1: The contrast was so much more dramatic. And speaking of
0: Elizabeth Taylor, later in her career, she played Elizabeth Taylor's mother. Yeah. And so, yeah, and she, lo- and, and it, she looked like she could have been Elizabeth Taylor's mother, you know. So she had two really big hit movies. She, she, uh, she, with her husband, she wound up marrying a man named Walter Wanger, who was a movie producer. And he teamed up with her and Fritz Lang... Edward G. Robinson and Dan Duryea. Three. You heard of any of those actors? I know you've never heard of Edward G. Robinson. You know, you 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 know where most people would know Dan Duryea from today would be the very first Twilight Zone episode. that was the um, the western one where he was yeah. the drunk and oh. he was singing. They made him sing "How Dry I Am." Right. Well, and you know who the saloon girl was, huh? Who? That was Jean Cooper, Mrs. Chancellor, from The Young and the Restless.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: (laughs) I love her. She was wonderful. Anyway, so they had big hits with... with Edward G. Robinson played against type in both of these movies. He played like a mild-mannered, victimized man. And she was the femme fatale. And Dan Duryea was the cad in both of these movies. Big old splash. So, anyway, she wound up having an affair with her. Her, 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 her marriage to Walter Wanger was sort of fade, starting to fade out. And uh, she wound up having an, an affair with her agent, Jennings Lang. And Walter Wanger followed him one time and shot Jennings Lang. And it was always thought that he shot him in the ball. And he <laughs> lost one of his balls. But actually, what it was, it was he shot him in the inner thigh. The man went off on the sire children later. But, anyway... Um, so what was I getting ready? To, there was something else I was getting ready to say about this. So she and Walter Wanger—they didn't divorce for a while. They and Walter Wanger went to jail for attempted murder. Mm. But when he got out, his career picked up again, and his career didn't uh, didn't go downhill until he started trying. <laughs> he started working on Cleopatra with Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. It was like one of the most expensive movies. It almost broke Twentieth <laughs> <20th> Century Fox. <laughs> right. So uh, Joan, at this time, she is just her career's down the toilet. Mm. She, before that, she was she was transforming from femme fatale to mother roles, and she played Elizabeth Taylor's mother and father, The Bride and Father's Little Dividend, and that was it was during the filming of Father's Little Dividend that the, the, the scandal happened, and uh, so she was going she was down kind of down and out. Uh, mm-hmm. Her and Wanger disappeared. She, she has children. She's got to support her children. And she didn't know what she was going to do, so she took the soap opera. Didn't want to take it. And if you ever watch the show, you could tell she really doesn't want to be there. You, you watch it. But you got to so. have a paycheck sometimes. She was collecting a paycheck is basically what she was doing. Okay, so it comes on. It started off, Doc Shadows is born now. And they have the cast, which Nancy Barrett is. is Joan plays Elizabeth Collins Stoddard. And Roger, uh, and uh, Lewis Edmonds is her brother, the cad, uh, Roger, and there's uh, David Hennessy is a very, very disturbed little kid. Uh, Carolyn is played by Nancy Barrett, that's uh, that's Jones' uh, Elizabeth's daughter, and there's uh, Alexandra Mokey played at, by, played Victoria Winters, who's a sweet innocent Anjanine, and guess what happened to Alexandra Mokey? You want me to tell you what happened to her? Go ahead. Years later, you remember when Klaus von Bülow tried to poison his wife and put her in a coma? Mm. You remember he had a mistress? Oh. Alexandra Moki, by then was known as Alexandra Miles. So sweet Victoria Winters was Klaus von Bülow's mistress later in life. Oh, shit. (laughs) See, there's so many layers to this thing. drama. So much drama to the whole thing. Real-life drama. So the show was basically really a gothic romance, and it was it was just doing shitty. It wasn't going anywhere. The first thirteen weeks, he was all nervous; it was going to be canceled. So, it's on about a year, but it won't. It's limped along for about a year, and he decided to try some new things. So he tries the phoenix, who turns out David's mother was an immortal phoenix that comes to life and gives birth to a child every. Hundred years, And I'm going to get into a really weird continuity thing with it a little bit later. And the ratings start going up a little bit. Then he started doing the ghost of Josette Collins in the old house. Ratings start to cling a little bit. But not enough to impress ABC. So they tell him, we're giving you 13 weeks and you're gone. If you can't pull the ratings up. So he said, you know, Dan goes, you know what I'm going to do. I am just going to go for broke and put a vampire in there. Just throw it all in there. (laughs) And so he's, you know, he's got the, so he's decided, he writes the character Barnabas Collins, who is a 175-year-old vampire that was chained up years ago and gets unchained by Willie Loomis, who was played by John Carlin. You know who John Carlin is, huh? Cagney and Lacey, remember? Mm-hmm. Yep. He was um he was Ty and husband, Daly's husband on Cagney and yeah. Lacey. Yeah. He's done other things too. He did the movies Daughter of Darkness and things like that. So John Carlin uh, comes on as as Willie Loomis, and he's just this this criminal, and he wants to steal the jewels because they have this portrait of Barnabas. By the time they have already cast, they had well, they actually hadn't cast the role yet when they made the portrait, and they just took the actor's face and put it in. So they have to they have to cast Barnabas Collins, and they wind up settling on a Canadian actor named Jonathan Frid. Now, Jonathan Fred was born December second, nineteen twenty-four. He was a Canadian actor. He he did a lot of um, a lot of the uh, you
1: know he
0: he served in the Canadian Navy during World War Two. And he, was, he, he became a theater major. He a lot of theater, and he was living in New York. And his theater career wasn't really going anywhere. And he decided, well, you know what? He, he got offered a teaching job. And I think it was in Canada. He was offered a professorship to teach uh, theater. And his agent calls him. He goes, look, I've got this part in the soap. He says, well, I'm getting ready to leave. As a matter of fact, he was walking out the door to go catch the cab to go to the um, to the airport. He says, no. well, I'm getting ready to leave. He says, oh, look, it's just for 13 weeks. Take the role. You're going to play the vampire. You're going to kill a lot of people, and then they're going to stake you. And you made enough money for your trip, you know, to get started in a new place. I say, okay, why not? So he goes, uh, he takes a role. Barnabas is an evil creature so he kidnaps Maggie Evans a local girl because she looks like his his dead uh, his, uh, his dead love from the 1700s Josette. and he's ready to kill her and he's just, you know, he's, he, he's, 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 he's starting to kill some I guess they were going to kill Maggie off at the time too and the ratings took climbing and climbing and climbing ABC says, no cancellation, we're keeping the show, keep him. Well, this guy's so evil, how, what are they going to do? They even brought in Grayson Hall as Dr. Julia Hoffman. And originally she was supposed to be a male, she was supposed to be the Van Helsing, Dr. Julian Hoffman. And somebody forgot to put the N on on there, so they wound up making her female. But it worked way better, yeah. Yeah, it worked. So, she's like the Van Helsing and she's supposed to kill him. Yeah. Or he can or he kills her and then he gets staked. Well, she decides to do a little a little trickery herself. It's not in the script. But she decides that Dr. Julia Hoffman is in love with Barnabas. Oh I know. And she conveyed this so well. She did. She just with looks and different Emotions and her eyes, mannerisms. Her eyes are impressive. The way she looked at, look would look at him, and the way she would uh, clutch her clothing yep. and everything when he was around. She said she just pretended that, that. She said she just pretended he was like Rock Hudson or something whenever he'd walk in the room, and she'd flutter. That's how she got that. That's how she got that. And there was nothing in the script about her being in love with him. Nothing. And they were enemies at first, and he was always grabbing her throat and to kill her and all. So they wonder, and they he said they said you got to keep him and you got to redeem him somehow. Well, how are you going to redeem this serial killing vampire? They don't know what to do. So they ended. good gets a good idea. He decides to go back, and he says, "Let's go back in time. Let's go back in time to see what made turned one of us into a vampire." So he has a séance. He has the family have a séance, and they. What the seance does, it switches Victoria Winters for Phyllis Wick, who was the governess coming to take care of Daniel and Sarah, no. who was Barnabas' younger sister. Now, Barnabas is like 40 something and he's got this 10 year old sister, which is really weird. And Joan Bennett's like almost 60 and she's got this 10 year old daughter. Is that not, that's out of it. <laughs> That's just weird. So, anyway, um, they go back in time and they find out that what happened is Barnabas became an vampire, because he was in love with Josette, who was played by the same actress, Kathleen A. E. Scott, who played, what's her name? Uh, Maggie, the girl he kidnapped. Yes. And she's his true love. He loves her, he wants to marry her. But he had had a little fling with her handmaiden. Angelique. It turns out it was a witch. I love Miss Angelique <laughs> It turns I'm out sorry. Angelique is a witch and Laura Parker the actress that yes, played her man. was also getting ready to quit acting when she got that I'm role. so glad she
1: stayed and that. when she
0: said that when she auditioned with Jonathan Frid she did the screen test with Jonathan Frid he whispered something in her ear and she got the, this look on her face and they said, uh what did, what did he tell you? And she said, He told her that he wishes that she gets the role so his character could kill her. And she got this and she got pissed about it. She got this angry look on her face. And that threw out of the role. And then after they got it, he says, You you see, I got you the role. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, so now they got Angelique who's a vampire. She's turned Barnabas. In the meantime, Victoria is being accused of witch. Cause they think she's the witch. Barnabas eventually uh, she made she has uh, Josette fall in love with his uncle. They he shoots him and kills his uncle in a duel. I'm just going over this whole storyline, uh, quick. And then he's about ready to marry Josette, and Angelique. He 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 wants to marry Josette. Oh yeah. After she shoots him, he turn, she puts a curse on... He shoots her when he finds out that she's a witch. And that's when she puts a curse on him and a, a bat comes and bites him. And he becomes a vampire. And, of course, now that Jeremiah, his his uncle's dead, the spell's broken and Josette's back in love with Barnabas again. And she is playing... Barnabas bites her and she's planning on being his vampire bride. She's all for it. But Angelique, who's, who Barnabas has killed, comes back. And shows Josette what she's going to look like as a vampire. <laughs> and that causes her to go jump off Widows Hill and kill herself. So All through time, all through the century. So when we come back, and then there's more storylines involving a Frankenstein monster. And Barnabas gets cured, by doc, first by Dr. Hoffman. Then he gets cured by, by giving the life force of the monster. And and then they have a new storyline. Jonathan Fred decides he is really tired. Of being the focus, the star of this show. So as a result, yeah, we we're gonna to touch on this. He becomes like a, a like a sex symbol. He does. He's this forty something man, not particularly handsome. He was nervous as hell, and he's uh, most more likely gay, <laughs> you know. And he's sent got women sending them naked pictures of themselves. He's got women writing, proposing marriage. They go out. Um, I think it was um, Laura Parker said that they would go outside. You know, when they'd leave the studio, at first there'd be a few people there on for autographs. She said every day it got to be more and more and more until they needed police escort to go outside. That's how much of a phenomenon this show became. That's why we're calling this the. So the show goes on. So it goes on through another big storyline. Jonathan Freed wants some of the, the taken off of him. So he decided to bring the co- ghost of Quentin Collins to possess the children. And they do a version of the turn of the screw. By this time, Alexandra Mulkey is pregnant and doesn't want to do it anymore. They tried a couple of uh, recasts. Didn't work. So they had Maggie come in now. And she took the, kind of took the Victoria role. She moves in and becomes the governess. Um, so, uh, the children are being possessed by an old ancestor ghost of Quentin Collins. So, of course, Barnabas now himself uses the I Ching to go back in time to try and figure out what's happening with Barnabas. And also, in the meantime, there's a character named Chris Jennings. First of all, he had a brother who, oh, yeah, for a short time, this warlock named Nicholas Blair had turned Angelique into a vampire. Angelique comes back. It's just a dream curse and tries to put the curse back on Barnabas again, and uh, Nicholas Blair comes and says that he's her brother, which he's not, he's just some vampire. So, somehow or another, he kills Cassandra, who she's supposed to, she marries Roger. And then she comes, Angelique is a vampire, and she bites Barnabas, who's human at the time. And yada, 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 and, they go through. and then they go through, the, they do the Quentin thing, and he goes back in time, and Angelique had bit Uh, the handyman Tom Jennings who turns into a vampire and bites Julia Hoffman. Barnabas stakes Jennings. Barnabas stakes the other vampire. So, um... Then Tom Jennings, somebody who looks just like him, comes back. Same actor, an actor named Don Briscoe. But it turns out he's Tom's twin and he's a werewolf. So, he (laughs) goes back. Barnabas befriends Chris and goes back in time to see what happened, and it turns out that Quentin was a werewolf. Oh, I know. And Quentin was Tom and Chris Jennings' grandfather because he was married... Quentin was married to a gypsy woman named Jenny, and Grayson Hall plays her her sister, Bagda. And Grayson Hall gets around, doesn't she?
1: Oh, yes, ma'am. She...
0: And uh, it's so hard to explain all this to everybody, but I'm doing my best. So she's um, she. So so uh, it turns out that Magda put a curse on Quentin that all his children would be werewolf, that he'd be a werewolf. But the curse also went to his descendants, and it turned out that he had twin boy and girl twin from twins from Jenny. Nope. So that means the boy, and it only went to the male heirs. So that means that boy was a vampire, and Chris was his son. I mean, not a vampire, a werewolf. But why wasn't Tom a werewolf? That's something they don't... You see, they have a lot of things... That's probably a lo- just the plot now, hole. Also, a re- another really weird pothole, plot hole is... Uh, Does it pothole or
1: pothole? Pothole. Plot hole. Pothole, <laughs>
0: plot hole, plot hole. <laughs> Pothole's that hole in the street. I know, but I think I actually said pothole. I said think I both, <laughs> we both said pothole. <laughs> Okay, this is another. Pu- this is a, now. This is a really bad continuity thing. Roger, it, you remember Laura Collins, the, the Phoenix, was David's mother and Roger's wife, right? Yes. Well, also turns out that Roger's father was James. Roger and Elizabeth's father was James and Collins, and Edward is a, is a, a grandfather. Edward's wife was Laura Collins, the Immortal Phoenix. So guess what? Roger married his own grandmother. <laughs> that weird. No wonder David was so strange. So anyway, um, of course we go through all that, and Quentin becomes a regular, and he becomes kind of a hero, and they go back, and they had this Leviathan storyline, which really a lot of the fans didn't like, it. I didn't mind it too much. I didn't like Angelique being the vampire. I, I, I don't know, for some reason yeah, I didn't care for the that. The Leviathan thing was kind of like it, it's. It was all right. I mean, it was. I mean, it, I could have, I could
1: have, you could have kept it or left it. it just, but it
0: was starting to lose ratings with. With the Leviathan thing, so they gave it up because
1: Leviathans with... actually form of sort of like a demon kind of thing, sort of. So it's kind of like it was kind of weird with how they fit that in there. Like, yes. like I'm talking about culturally, Leviathan, like it was just odd. And
0: they brought back Carolyn's father, and it turned out that he had, he had, um, had promised them his prize possession in twenty in in twenty years, and Carolyn's about to turn twenty. And a 20 or 21, I forget who it is. So he's supposed to give her up to the Leviathans and he won't do it. Yeah. And then and then there was yeah, the, the, Leviathan the kid, thing. the Leviathan. The
1: Leviathan thing, if it was connected a little better. My, my thing is that it was connected a little better to with
0: Angelique. That might have worked. Well, it did, Angelique was connected. To, it did, but it wasn't connected as well as it could have been. She. What happened is that she became human and married a guy who wound up being one of the Leviathans. Right. But she wound up getting her powers back once. But that's what i
1: was saying. If they would have... I think if there would have been a little bit
0: more story development on that part... And they the also connect, the, did... No, no, yeah. Dan Curtis always thought it was amusing. You know, they, they call the sores in the, in the daytime. So that's when they rapidly rage age the children. Like the kid will go off to summer camp and he'll come back to high school soon. So they had the Leviathan Prince. First he was a little baby. Then after about two weeks, he's like a little kid, about about five, four or five years old. Then he comes back as a little kid, about twelve years old, about a week later, and then a week later, he's an adult, <laughs> and he's evil. <laughs> Which brought Christopher Pencock, who we actually, co- whose obituary we actually covered some months back, yeah. um, as the adult Leviathan kid. Well, they had to get rid of that Leviathan story kind of quick because it was not really liking it. Yeah. So they, they blew it off, but they didn't, weren't sure what to do, so they wound up moving. Okay, they've moved back in time twice. This time they decided to go sideways in time. They discover a room where there's a parallel Collinwood. And all the actors are playing the same role, but they have different... Like in this one, Willie is married to Carolyn, and Carolyn's an alcoholic. And Quentin is the, the master of Collinwood, and Roger and Elizabeth are the poor relations. And Quentin was married to Angelique, and she died under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> so now he's married to Maggie, who comes to live in a sort of a Rebecca thing. And Julia Hoffman, she's still Julia Hoffman, but she's no longer a doctor. She's a housekeeper. She went from a doctor in one thing to being a maid. Wow. So Barnabas winds up there, and they, they wind up doing all this. Now, at the time, they decided, they were, first they were going to make a movie. They wanted to do a feature film because it was that popular, and they knew a feature film would do really well at the box office. Right. But at first, what they were going to do is they were going to take episodes from the series and make them into a movie kind of thing, kind of like what they've done now with the DVDs, the vampire's curse and the, the werewolf thing and that kind of thing. Yes. Because all the vampires curse DVDs are, are, are just a bunch of um, episodes edited together like a movie. Now they, um, they they decided to do instead of doing that, to just go ahead and make a full fledged movie. And they went to the Lindhurst Mansion. They brought Jonathan Fred, Joan Bennett, Nancy Barrett, Catherine Lee Scott, and um, what's the name? Uh, Grayson Hall. Uh, Lewis Edmonds and David Hennessy, the little boy. Well, that left a big gap. So it just left just a few. They, they, they left Angelique. So it turned out Angelique was dead. But she comes to the house. But it's not her. It's her sister Alexis.
1: And, and that's the thing. If you leave, if you don't have Angelique as much as you need, then it's, it's a problem. Got
0: well, it. Angelique's Alexis, but she's good. She was good. Alexis I mean, is a, was, a, was a decent woman. Yeah. Well, you can't have that. But you can't you, have it. No, so, what, so what do they do is Angelique. they have Angelique kill Alexis. Good. I and right. take over her body. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what? So now, needed. Angelique is wrecking all yes. kinds of havoc everywhere. And Professor Stokes was also brought for the movie. The trouble is, with all those major players, they didn't have enough. Of a, the, the they didn't have enough of the really the major characters, and it what having just Angelique and Quentin there and that Mag, because Maggie gets really freaks out and goes and stays by her sister and and uh, Hoffman goes off to 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 take care of a sick relative or something like that. Now the thing about Hoffman, they did the same thing. They did with Barnabas. Only this time, this Julia Hoffman wasn't in love with Barnabas. She was in love with Angelique. Mm-hmm. Yo. Very subtle, though. She did the exact same thing she did. She Yo. treated. She was around Angelique. She looked at her like she was like Mrs. Danvers. You know, you know that Mrs. Danvers was in love with Rebecca, in the in the in the Rebecca, you know. Mm-hmm. So she she really it was it it was like Grace's Hall's chance to play Mrs. Danvers is what happened. So anyway, when they ended the Parallel time storyline, they went to the staircase and they brought them to 1995 and Collinwood's in ruins and they go back to... uh, They wound up going back to 1970 and nobody believes that this is going to happen. They saw David's grave and he died at 12 years old and 14 years old in 1970. So... Somehow or another they wound up in 1840 because there's more ghosts. They were starting to repeat themselves. This is where the biggest star that came out of Dark Shadows comes in, Kate Jackson. And I think it's because Catherine Lee Scott was leaving the show, so Kate Jackson kind of took her place. So they go back in time and everything, and it turns out that Angelique was actually named Miranda Duval and she was a witch from the 16th century and Angelique was the the reincarnation of this woman and there was Judah Zachary whose head was brought in and it's still getting really confusing. and actually that's where I am right now so they settled all this and it turned out that Angelique saves the Collins family and when Barnabas professes his love for her she dies all that time wasted uh, no. So then they go into a parallel time of 1841, and this is towards the end of the series. I think it had already been, it had already been canceled. And instead Bar- Bar- of Barnabas didn't want to play, he, John Fred didn't want to play Barnabas anymore. So they have him playing his son Bramwell, the son of Barnabas and Josette, and he falls in love with Angelique's daughter Catherine, whose sister's Kate Jackson, who they try to set him up with, and he's lo- in love with her, and it's blah blah blah. It's going to be like. And the show gets canceled. So next, you would think that's it. Once a soap opera gets canceled, right? It's over. That's what one would think. Not so fast. It ain't over yet. Mm-mm. This is this is this is the horror movie monster that keeps coming back. This is Jason Voorhees. <laughs> this is Michael yeah. Myers. Yeah. Some years later, it goes, they start showing them on PBS. And that's how I, that's how I got to That's watch. how a lot of people your age start. And yes. they show them late at night. They show them like at 10 o'clock at night. Yes. But they only showed from when Barnabas comes to about the middle of the 1897, the Quentin. Yes, that's, that's what and I those remember. Are, you didn't see any of the beginning ones, and you didn't see any of the parallel mm-hmm. time, or the Leviathans, or any of that. And people start wanting to see more. So eventually, cable comes, sci fi channel comes, and sci fi channel buys the rights. I remember and for that. How as long, well. about yeah. 10 years, sci fi channels ran the entire series. Yes, I remember that. I think they ran it about three or four times before they took it off. Mm-hmm. Then it went on VHS. Then it went on DVD. Mm-hmm. And today, it is on to, uh, to, Tubi and Internet Database. Isn't that movie database TV with ads? But the entire series is on there. Some of some of the episodes are lost, but they used to do a kinescope for like uh, stations that didn't that they couldn't right. broadcast to, or they didn't have the equipment to do use videotape and. That's uh, they, they have those that replace them. And there's only one episode they do it through still pictures, kind of like they did the Judy Garland Star is Born and the parts that were missing, all the missing uh, footage. They filled with still pictures and, and they had the, the soundtrack. Now, uh, after uh, the House of Dark Shadows, the movie, was a big hit, they made another movie, Night of Dark Shadows. This one starring David Selby, who played Quentin, Kate Jackson, and Laura Parker, didn't do nearly as well. So they didn't make another movie after that. So in 1991, they decided they are going to revive Dark Shadows as a nighttime show. In the vein of Dynasty in Dallas only, you know. And they started coming on with Ben Cross as uh, as Barnabas. Um, and I'll be honest, I never watched the 1991 And stuff. it's actually very good. It and, is? Uh, yeah, Barbara Steele um, plays Julia Hoffman. Uh, Joanna I'll have go- to go find this. Joanna somewhere. going Do you is... You know where you'll is, find this? I think you have to look on YouTube now. It was on, oh, okay. it was on Hulu for a while. I think I had it on on DVD, and it might still be in Jennifer's trailer. If I do, I'll 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 give it to you to watch. You think it really was good? You liked it? I liked it. Okay. I had the only seen reason why. It's, but it only lasted a half a season because of the Gulf War kept preempting it. The first Gulf War.
1: Yeah.
0: And. It moved a lot faster than this one, because they went all the way through to 1895. Um, Joanna Golan, what they did is instead of having Maggie be Josette, they had Victoria be Josette. And mm-hmm. Maggie was just a girl that worked. And she was having an affair with Roger. They changed a few things. And there was a different girl playing Carolyn. There was a different girl. Uh, there there was, Well, of course, there was a different girl playing Carolyn. And Jean Simmons played the Joan Pettit role. Okay. Now, they did, let me see, the 2004, let me look that one up. In 2004, they tried to reboot it again. And let me see who the, um, the cast was. I know uh, Julia Hoffman was African American in that one. Actually, that was 2004. And this one never even really showed. Yeah, okay, Alec Newman played Barnabas. Marley Sheldon was Victoria. Oh, Jessica Chastain was um, was Carolyn. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't even put that. Oh together. Blair Brown was Elizabeth. Uh, yeah, oh, it was a uh, uh, it was Kelly U- Kelly who um, Asian actress. It was Julia Hoffman. Hmm. And um. Oh, the guy from Gil- Gilmore Girls played. And Ivana Milovec played Angelique. Now, Lizetta Anthony played Angelique in the 1991 one. And she also was, you remember the Trilogy of Terror? You ever saw that with Karen Black? It's three different, it's a, it's a, it's three things and Karen Black plays a different character in each one. Well, they did Trilogy of Terror 2 with Lizetta Anthony in the, Oh, okay. In, in that role. So, we still weren't finished with Dark Shadows yet. No. In 2012, Tim Burton, Johnny Depp was a big old fan of Dark Shadows and decided he wanted to play Barnabas. That was a role he had always wanted Mm. to play. Well, Tim Burton takes it, but a lot of people were not really happy. They, They turned it into a comedy and the first show is campy, and we're gonna, we, I'm going to get into that in a minute. Why it's campy? And,
1: and it could have been. It could have been better. I'm just going to throw that big elephant out in the room. Johnny Depp was too much at that time. He was it too campy. He was too much. Now the other roles were amazing.
0: When yeah, because I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer did well as a little. Oh, Elizabeth. Michelle
1: Pfeiffer. What? Well, that was actually my favorite role. What's her name? Like, Chloe Grace. What's uh, What's her last
0: name? Ava Green. No, Eva Green was great as Angelique. As Angelique, yeah. No, Chloe Grace was Carolyn. Yeah, Chloe Grace, yeah. Um, and uh, Johnny Lee Miller was played Roger. And, and I'll say, I mean, I know they—he
1: overused Tim Burton overuses. I did say Helena Bonham Carter did a good job, but he does overuse And there are it. some good things he about He does it. overuse the two of them together, though.
0: It, See, that's part of my issue sometimes. And I thought Helena Bonham Carter was... That's who actually... I, when he said he was making it, I said, Helena Bonham Carter has to play Julie Hoffman. That was the first thing I thought. But he didn't do it right. He had her being an alcoholic. Yeah. And... Megan Carroll in the werewolf. And that's
1: not her fault cuz Helena Bonham Carter. No, she whatever role she's given, she does a good job, but the past half part the was, script she was was written, kind of bad. She
0: was written bad. Well, the script was kind of bad, like having her want to be Julia Hoffman wasn't a vain character.
1: I guess that, and really when it comes down to the only character that was truly written right would have been Michelle Fadfer probably got the best part of any script.
0: Yeah, because the thing they did with um, Carolyn, but it had some good things in it, too. But you see, there's a difference,
1: though. There's a difference. We don't know for sure, but I would presume to say Michelle Pfeiffer said, hey, I'm not doing this unless you write it a certain way. Whereas Helena Bonham Carter, as great as she is, she sometimes feels indebted to Tim Burton. Yeah. Because of every... You look at all the roles he's given her. Yeah. She feels this... Well, wasn't he a lover
0: at one time or when they married or what?
1: Yeah. But so there's this indebtedness to uh, him. But but I think I wish sometimes Helena Bonham Carter would have... She's so much more talented. I wish sometimes she'd speak up for herself in those years. She's done later now. Now you look at her in yeah. the crown, it's
0: like, wow. She's this fully evolved... Well, she, I've, I've seen a lot of things she was really good in. Because it was a movie with... Was it Novocaine with Steve Martin? Where right. She was wonderful in that. She was like, really? This crazy drug-dub bitch? It's just, I did
1: not understand. Sometimes I felt like she sacrificed not all the time because there's some really good roles she did for Tim Burton in his I'm going to
0: tell you the things I like the most about that Dark Shadows movie I like the fact that it was, it was the last thing Jonathan Frid uh, that we saw it was the last thing Jonathan Frid did he died before, right before it was released and you can see they play party guests coming in at the yeah. party they're basically extras it's John, Jonathan Frid Catherine Lee Scott Laura Parker and David Selby and they put more or less uh, they're all elderly and they're more or less extras. But you could see how frail yeah. Jonathan Frid was at this point. Because um, if you want... There is a really good documentary out there uh, called... Um, uh, the, the Jonathan Frid Story. I got it on there. And you see him... You know, they show him footage of him at all the conventions and everything. That's another thing I forgot to touch on, too. And the,
1: and the art direction of the era, like looking back at the 60s, early 70s, that era have fixed it, and the actual Collinswood mansion, he, he didn't do horrible. He, he, did, he did Tim burton rise it, which was that uh, was what we yeah. expect from Tim Burton, but that part, I would say, at least wasn't that bad.
0: And that sex scene of them uh, destroying the room and everything was a bit much.
1: Well, no, that was ridiculous, but but I was talking about the actual art But the thing like
0: out. having Angelique owning the fishery and everything and, and being real bitter against the Collins family... That was almost realistic. You know, yeah. what one of the things, too, I think.
1: It just, I think. The, it
0: has spawned so much. Conventions. Their convention, there's a the Dark Shadows convention, and they do the con conventions, and a lot of the the, the casts are getting so old now. But you know
1: what? The actor was wrong. You know who would have been. And, and, and people are going to hate me for some of this. I'm just thinking of some of the people that would have been amazing. I mean, one name that comes to my mind who would have pulled it off with such a finesse and, and huge act.
0: Yeah, and he should have been playing He would Barnabas. have had the yeah. elegance
1: of, of Barnabas that we needed. And, um... Without that insane... Helena
0: Bonham Carter should have played Judy Hoffman, no matter the Yes, director, but with better writing. With better writing. And Michelle Pfeiffer would have been good. I had no problem with that. Or, her. you know, if you want to go really old school, older women, Cher would have been good or as Elizabeth. Or, um... Or Susan Sarandon, I'm, I'm 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 mentioning the cast of the Witches of Eastwick right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I look back at it, I'm like, Eva Green. I guess we didn't give her all the full props back when the movie first came out. But when you go back and look at it, you're like, No, she wow. she, she
0: she was right. She she
1: was correct. She, she was right at the time, but we didn't realize how amazing she was. Think of all the things she's done
0: since, yeah,
1: since then. And it's like we look back at it and we're like, Wow. If we only would have known how, we really should have given her even more props then.
0: So, Dog Shadows is kind of like like uh, Star Trek. It's this thing that yeah, just and won't it, die, it,
1: and it relives itself and it transforms. And
0: now, last, it was supposed to be like a next generation. It was like to be like a Dog Shadow sequel with David's family. I just don't need an animated version of.
1: Star Trek. That's no. funny because they started doing animated things with Star Trek.
0: I don't need that one. And Star Wars too.
1: <laughs> yeah, the animated stuff. I'm like, eh, like I don't know. <laughs> that could get a little too
0: hokey, you know. But anyway, yeah. So, um, well, a, a lot of the cast is dead now. Jonathan Frid's no longer with us. Grayson Hall's no longer with us. Joan Bennett's gone. Lewis Edmonds is gone. Uh, Don Briscoe, who played Tom and Chris Jennings, he's gone. Uh, Christopher Pencock we recently lost John Carlin was another one Willie Loomis we recently lost So um but it trans dark shadows will always be with us uh, I think somebody needs to take those videos and restore them digitally yeah.
1: And like we said before we've and, and I don't think Anne Rice would have become what she was were it not for dark shadows no well
0: if all, John Barnabas Collins was the original. He was the original reluctant vampire right. with soul, a vampire with a conscience. And
1: all these wonderful things people get into. And even though I do not like Twilight, Twilight would not have even had any success or anything were it not for Dark Shadow. Everything vampire, whether we like it or not, Well, look at the characters that
0: were spawned from Barnabas. He's the grandfather of them all. You have Luis from uh, the, from the mm-hmm. Anne Rice uh, books. You have uh, even Lestat to a certain extent. Had a, yeah. had a conscience and the soul. Yeah, I mean, he was a villain in the first one, but in the, in the books after that, you have Angel from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I'm glad that I'm not going to get any repercussions for mentioning Buffy today. Anybody who listened to Anne Rice episode will know what I'm talking about. Oh, excuse me. But yeah, like all—I
1: mean, you go. I like, mean,
0: Barnabas was the first of all, and and Ed, um, what's his name from True Blood? Uh, Bill from True Blood, uh, and even the, the Twilight character Edward is a descendant of Barnabas. And then I even would say, what
1: we do in the shadows, which I adore, what we do it all pays homage to dark shadows. Like, Everything, because really, really, all honesty, if you watch the new "What We Do in the Shadows" series, the house, just like Collinswood, the house is so important. Mm-hmm. The house is a character unto itself, just like Collinswood. The house is the estate mm-hmm. is a character. You see, what we do in the shadows, the house mm-hmm. is as well, and and that, and I think that's kind of says something. That that's even precedes Dark Shadows is we see that with some of the other comedy uh, horror things and other horror things is sometimes the houses. Look at the Adams Family. Look mm-hmm. at the monsters. The houses always serve as this extra character. And look at Psycho. Psycho is what well. the, 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 the the house and the, the house motel. more than the motel. But actually, the house way more than the motel. Than that actually, so so that in a sense, there's definitely Dark Shadows. Um,
0: the name of the first Dark Shadows movie was House of Dark Shadows. House of Dark
1: Shadows. So you look at that, it's it's definitely solidified. And it made people think, I think if we look back at a lot of the soaps, outside of maybe General Hospital, which is in the name, a lot of the soaps learned that you might have to have a, an impressive setting that's normal. Something people... Yeah, like when Young and
0: the Restless, the Chancellor House. Yeah. And and. and, and, and it has, uh, who wait, and somebody, well even in um in general hospital the quartermain house is a big setting yeah you know and, uh, all, all my children like uh, the the Phoebe's house and you know all these characters that have these beautiful houses
1: yeah and, and I know it's weird that I'm bringing this up but for me that's always so important when I'm watching something are you drawing me into the setting are you letting me be a part of of is that setting embracing me and bringing me into the show, and I think Collinswood did that. I think it did it better than a lot of the soaps of its time. It brought people well, in, this was the and first. people.
0: Did you feel like you were living at Collinswood when you watched? It? When I watched it, I used to love. You know what I loved about Collinswood when I was a kid? Nobody went to bed. That's Three o'clock me. in the morning, they were all dressed up <laughs> and in the house, going and walking in the woods, you know, walking to the old house. So you wanted to live there? I wanted to live there. I wanted to, I wanted to explore the West Wing. I wanted to explore the East Wing. I wanted, I wanted to be David Collins. When I was a little kid, I wanted to be David Collins. He even had his own girlfriend living up in there, Amy. Amy. And then and then Terry,
1: I just I just wanted to be lurking about in there somewhere. I wanted to be like some ghost
0: up in the shadows or something. Just lurking I wanted about to that. go in there so and you know and, and The house was so big. Yes. How would your parents know if you went to bed already? You know, okay, go to bed. Oh, they were they, they sitting in the drawing room drinking brandy and you just you know, just. Exploring the West Wing and finding <laughs> Quentin's telephone and his skeleton, and, and I always wanted to live in a big house that I could explore, that I could go in all the different rooms. And then I love that room, the parallel time room. You know, when Jennifer right. and I were children, we used to play parallel time. I mentioned this on because I, I also posted Jennifer's picture on the on the Dark Shadows um, on the, one of the Dark Shadows pages. And I told them that we used to play parallel time when we were kids, because we had lived. Her grandfather lived in the house before us, but they had closed off the back, and you know, and he 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 rented this small part of it. When they opened the back, it had it looked like the parallel time room. It had this flowered wallpaper, very old-fashioned-looking room that was which was my bedroom. So we used to pretend that it was parallel time, and it was a different barrier in there, and it was a different. Other Barry in there, and a, a different brother of mine, and poor Jennifer's mother got to be Hog Kavanaugh, the housekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> and I
1: think it's really amazing because this show was made for adults, but it actually, in turn,
0: it really, I don't know, it and awoke, little, in, there was one, it awoke little, an imagination in kids. Yeah, it's, it's, it was one. And, and I was one of the kids that ran home from school. One of many from Scott what I has hear. Has, uh, my years. partner was one of those kids. Yeah, your partner is close to my age. Yeah. Travis was one of those kids. Yeah. So anyway, who knows where Dark Shadows is going next. But uh, hopefully it will be with us. Now, you can watch Dark Shadows on Tubi. Okay. On Internet Movie Database TV. you're Also on Tubi, uh, you can watch uh, some... Um, yeah. Also on Tubi, you can watch some of the uh, the composites, like the Vampires Curse and the other one. Those are on Tubi. So is Master of Shadows, the documentary about uh, Dan Curtis. Now you have to buy the, the Jonathan Fritz story, but if you want to watch it after the podcast, I have it on on Voodoo. And also, um, it's also still available on DVD. There's the Coffin Collection, which is all. It's a big. It's a little coffin with all the DVDs in it. It's so cool. I would love to have that. Mm. But it's like $300. You got to get Jim to give you that for Christmas, for your birthday next year, or for Christmas or something. Valentine's Day. It'll be a <laughs> good Valentine's Day present. <laughs> also, uh, I wanted to recommend a couple of things. Uh, the podcast I learned a lot about Joan Bennett is called uh, Lovers of Crime. And actually, her granddaughter is one of the hosts. And they, talk, they go all through her life. Talking about you know the the, the scandal, the shooting, how, why she had to take Dark Shadows. Catherine Lee Scott of Dark Shadows is interviewed on it. And many different people. I highly recommend uh, Love Is a Crime podcast. That's also available on Spotify, like we are. So okay, we're gonna give up. You can follow us on Twitter at a shudders, Facebook, the official page for Open Shudders, a creepy podcast on um on uh instagram uh at open Shethers podcast our email is we have two emails uh open at yahoo.com and movie at aol.com and we are available if you listen you probably know some of the stuff we're available we're available on spotify apple and google and many others anywhere where you can hear podcasts you can hear us so, you got any last words to tell you about how much you love Dark Shadows?
1: Love Dark Shadows, but I also did want to mention, y'all get ready for next month, going into the new year. Oh, we got We're going to be ones. doing our Match Made in Hell series, looking at all these killers on the dating apps.
0: Oh, and one of them, that we got a good one next year that I don't think anybody else has covered. And I was, I was following this case when it happened. You know, the cats... Oh yeah, we're going to be doing... I was following this case when it happened. And we're going to be our first, uh, our first, first one episode be... of the New Year. Next week, our first episode of the New Year, first episode of our sixth season. So if
1: y'all want to go we watch... We went through five seasons! Yeah, we're going to be doing the Luca Magnata story, so go watch Don't Fuck
0: With Cats on Netflix if y'all want to be up And on. then, And then we're going to talk about it after. So, and uh, hopefully Michael will be back next week. Hopefully. We, uh, yeah, we hopeful, hope that everything's okay. Uh, so... Until next week, until next year. Enjoy the view of the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. But Barnabas, well, yeah, his back could fly out. Now nah, we could get yeah, some of them Dark Shadows characters like, uh, oh, Abigail Collins, that religious freaking driver and Oh, fall yeah, out the throw that bitch all the way Throw out. them bitches out. All right, thank <laughs> you. Bye-bye. Bye.